As I create and share, I'll use three lenses. Know your city, see the world, and let the world see you. Chicago is one of the largest cities in the Midwest and an unmatched hub for food and culture. As Chicagoans, we have a rich history of diverse neighborhoods and various changes to these spaces over time. Here, we'll dive into what's new and on the come up, as well as staples that can be found in our city. I'm Dietrich Hunter, and this is Curate Curiosity. Support for today's episode comes from April's Ivy Care. April's Ivy Care LLC is a beauty, health, and wellness brand. April's Ivy Care is an all-natural skin essentials line containing sugar-based face and body scrubs and skin toners. All products are made to order. Please message us on Facebook or Instagram to place an order at Ivy Care LLC. That's I-V-Y-C-A-R-E-L-L-C. Last episode, we connected with Tucker Kelly from Growing Solutions Farm, a branch of Urban Autism Solutions. In this episode, we'll hear from Ken Dunn with City Farm Chicago about what he and his team are doing through the Resource Center. Instead of a go and tell today, I want to focus on a couple of events from last week. Last week, America and the world were blindsided by the shooting of another black man, this time in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Nationally and throughout the region, many are calling for justice for Jacob Blake, who was unarmed, was shot seven times in the back, and is now paralyzed and handcuffed to a hospital bed. As a black man, to say that I'm still processing this would be a laughable understatement. While I've never experienced that variety of brutality, I have had a handful of unwarranted and racially influenced interactions with police that make me feel one thing clearly. I do not belong here. The message was made clear again and again throughout the last week with the barrage of headlines describing how much people hate to see what black people go through in America and what people are willing to do in order to be heard. From Kenosha to D.C., from professional athletes to protesters shot in the streets. No matter how much I identify with another aspect of myself, this dark skin is seen first to be guilty, violent, dysfunctional, or simply tolerated. I'm learning to read lies from a distance and from inside my mind as well. Assimilation and adopting problematic mindsets to fit spaces of means or influence reduces the impact of representation and diversity of power. I'm no expert, but I know it's a lie. We do belong. We meaning black people. If we know history well enough, then we can read the receipts and understand the ongoing denial of humanity and citizenship through centuries of struggle. We can begin the pushback needed in the spaces we find ourselves to protect ourselves and our communities from ideologies that alienate one from another instead of growing ourselves economically for opportunities that could provide for our communities. 
this space is still dedicated to the reimagining and exploration of our city and the world around us. But we have to be clear that what we're inheriting isn't our due part of the American pie. I need to remember, and others might need a reminder, that in the words of Nina Simone and the late Chadwick Boseman, to be young, gifted, and black is a precious thing. But it's also a political statement that clashes with an American dream we as black people were never supposed to wake up to and start working for. Fortunately for us, we know we can endure. We've done that already. Unfortunately for those who stand in the way of progress, it's only a matter of time. Support for today's episode also comes from Adventures Accessed. Adventures Accessed is Chicago's own outfitting and guide service, enabling folks of all kinds to escape the city to connect with nature in meaningful ways. Our experiences are all-inclusive of camping gear, food, transportation, and expert guides to help you thrive in our region's national forests. Adventures Accessed is proud to share these experiences with local youth through the Adventure Worth Sharing Initiative, ensuring Chicago teens have the opportunity to discover the power of nature. Join our Backpacking 101 opportunities or other offerings to learn, grow, and have fun in the solitude of nature. To learn more, visit our website at adventuresaccess.com. That's A D V E N T U. R-E-S-A-C-C-E-S-S-E-D dot com. Here's my interview with Ken Dunn at the Resource Center Chicago. So what uh, could you explain is your role uh, and how does it support the mission of this growing community? Well, City Farm is a solution to maybe a injured and limping uh, city. We've uh, too long seen the enrichment of some communities and impoverishment of others. And everything that politicians put in place usually kind of move it move the needle forward towards more division. So we have to be present in troubled communities and find out how that happened. And um, so what we try to do is provide jobs and food and healing uh, for the communities that have been devastated by extraction of value. Um, so this extraction of value has produced the south and west sides where uh, some places 50% of the space is vacant and despoiled. And actually that despoiled aspect injures the population that lives there. Um, so we've got to clean up the vacant lots and let kids growing up see there's a possibility, in fact, 
there is a welcoming to become part of the production of the community, that every vacant lot is full of people producing good food for that community and for the rest of the city. So if we could uh, transform the neglected communities into thriving communities, utilizing their assets to produce something that they and the rest of the city needs, we could be on the way towards healing. So the Resource Center is a sustainability nonprofit dedicated to finding a more sustainable living. And sustainable living isn't just getting off of oil and coal for our energy. Sustainable living is living equitably and justly with the entire population of the world, not just in each community, but in each city, each state, and each nation. So uh, sustainability and viability of the human race depends on us being able to uh, live more equitably. I really love how you make a connection with the Resource Center and healing. I think that that is an incredible aspect of Chicago that um, can be lost in a lot of efforts uh, that I think you you hold true and you always seem to be turning back towards. I think that that brings me to like a really pertinent question then. Um, as far as um, this being a source of healing, this being a source of connection, this being a source that really brings us back to ourselves, what makes this farm special? Well, it doesn't operate with petroleum and machinery. Um, one thing about farming with animals is uh, you hear the sounds of nature and can work on the pace of nature. The, uh, as soon as you bring chemicals, uh, industrial machinery, you have a whole different aspect. Um, people working on the farm can have quiet conversations with each other and keep the human connection. So uh, this farm operates without machinery. We use machinery to transport, to make and uh, transport the compost, but once uh, the plants are with the compost, there's no machinery and no chemicals, which in fact shifts the focus on building human connections. You're a part of this community. Uh, you have been a part of it, uh, it seems from its inception till now. You've been a part of many iterations. Um, if you could, what what do you love most about it? You've told us kind of the function uh, and the way that it features the in, featured in the community, but what, what do you personally really love most about being um, kind of at the helm or a part of this community? Well, the I think this came to uh, my attention. I came to uh, the University of Chicago to study how can we be a responsible and just person in an irresponsible and unjust society. And uh, being full-time in studies here away from the farm or an agricultural setting, I started to feel a little disconnected. Well, I felt nature deficit disorder. Mm. Uh, that is, I had good teachers and good classes, but I didn't like the idea that some of my best work wasn't appreciated in. And sometimes when I didn't do as well, it was highly appreciated. Mm -hmm. So I actually needed to go to 
a vacant lot in Woodlawn just across the campus and dig in the soil and plant something. What I get most out of uh, what I do is that uh, I can see my value for myself. Mm. I don't need it mediated by anybody. Getting your affirmation from the soil, knowing now's the time to plant this and not that. And as I mentioned before, we took a chance. We have some lettuce growing. It might freeze tonight. We might lose it. Yeah. I'll store that for a uh, application next year. Mm -hmm. And this is actually a very late frost mm -hmm. today. What is it? Uh, the eighth, yeah. Eighth, eighth of May. Of May. And it, it's important to me also that I've sort of discovered a way that we who have deviated from proper management of soils, we've destroyed most of the rich prairies that we came upon, how we can get back to providing a way of growing our food locally, healthily, and supporting the local community. So uh, the entire project is rewarding to me. Now that we've established a background on City Farm Chicago, we'll hear more about previous partners and ways we might get involved. Stay tuned. Today's episode is also supported by Mappy Hour. Mappy Hour is a community of urban dwelling outdoor enthusiasts. Even though we can't meet up in person right now, we're creating space online to learn outdoor skills together and get ideas on socially distanced local adventures. Check out mappyhour.org to join for free. You also mentioned earlier on our tour this idea of your partnerships. How do those partnerships interact with you on a like weekly or monthly basis? Well, we partner with uh, a lot of restaurants to um, chefs will come here and say, I need something to inspire me. Uh, for uh, what I'm on, putting on the plate tonight. And I say, we've, we've got beets and <laughs> some red on the plate. Nice. It's gonna be wonderful. And so um, it's just great to have contact with the entire cycle. We pick up from the restaurants we supply, we pick up their food scraps to compost, we make the compost, deliver it to the farms, uh, produce the food and send back to the restaurants and um, many of the people we partner with really appreciate this cycle and in fact the mo most funda fundamental thing about this planet is cycling. The only thing that works well on this planet being part of a complete cycle is I think rewarding for everybody. Um, this notion that we have developed several systems that are profitable that are one way, mm. and they're destroying the health of the planet. So we gotta get back into circular systems. Life depends upon complete cycles, and we should eliminate those cycles that are not completed. Uh, Rick Bayless, um, actually I was selling at the Maxwell Street, Mar Street Market mm. in the 80s. Um, our, we had a produce stand there. And he started, I think in 89, he started Frontera Grill. And so he was buying at the market and he said, heck, I just need all of your food. 
why don't you just deliver it to the restaurant and I don't have to carry it all from your stand in my car. So he's been a partner ever since. Wow. Um, and so that's made a big difference. And yeah, up until then, I was selling to a few restaurants, but they were, uh, Cisco lowered their tomatoes to 60 cents a pound. We'll need you to do the same. Rick says, uh, your tomatoes start at $3 a pound. Uh, I don't want to hear anything about it. Yeah. And I was selling uh, tomatoes at uh, the market there for uh, $2 a pound, uh, fresh tomatoes, organic uh, heirloom tomatoes. And he said, make it three. So let me drop in here uh, another favorite memory I have working with uh, Chef Rick Bayless. When his daughter Lainey was a uh, student near, near North Montessori, uh, he and I cooperated on a um, um, work-study program for the school. The school actually had um, all of their instructors involved in a plan that the 7th and 8th graders would produce product on our farm, which were just um, maybe five blocks from the location of um, near North Montessori on um, North Avenue, or Division Street here on the north side. Uh, they worked three days a week, the seventh and eighth graders worked three days a week in the farm producing produce, and uh, every day a week on a um, a catering project with Chef Rick Bayless and they catered to the younger school students at their school so he devised ways to produce sandwiches and other items that the seventh and eighth graders would sell to the younger students at their school telling them don't bring that puffy uh, sweet black uh, wrapped in plastic for your lunch by our fresh locally produced mm. and in fact education occurs by every student in that school spent uh, time in the garden with their students mathematics biology chemistry uh, geog geography every teacher could find something in the farm to teach their le lesson and the same with the preparation of the food and I think the human mind is actually oriented for, well, it's evolved over these uh, thousands of years to be able to relate to our planet. Mm. That is, when we plant here in the farm and notice that the tomatoes are better in the part of the row that gets full sun and not so good in the shade, right. we find what learning is. Learning is observation and storing that away. Mm. Or when digging in a row, they find uh, uh, an, an area where there are more worms and area where there are less worms. What did we do to get more worms there? Well, we didn't um, work the soil when it was too wet and caused the 
environment that's below the surface of the floor uh, of the uh, soil, the environment below the surface to get disrupted, which disrupts uh, the, the total biology or the environment that uh, the roots depend upon. So uh, learning should be shifted to uh, including nature. We did uh, get some state funds to develop a kitchen in the school, and that helped the program last beyond. Rick and I are no longer involved in the school. Lainey is a professional on her own now. Uh, but the school now has their own farm, and they have a, uh, a farmer as on their staff, and it actually uh, feeds a cafeteria that's in the school. Thank you. I think that that's 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 a great segue, and I hope that our listeners are are in fact listening to the heart of what you're sharing. Um, what are some ways that people can get connected? Do you want to share again, or uh, kind of frame with uh, website, social media page, or events that are approaching that people could look out for? Well, we're really looking to connect. Our website is theresourcecenterchicago.org and uh, you can see our various programs. The podcast The Good Stuff, I think, has a couple of good videos. There's a near feature film, Food Patriots is a future future film that's about uh, how it would be patriotic to have a new food system. Next episode, we'll be diving into another layer of the food system here in Chicago. In keeping with the theme of urban growing communities, we'll examine the impact of local farmers markets. Farmers markets are a hub in many communities that have them, giving people a space to shop with options that are unique and community that is authentic. Here are a few snapshots of experiences you could have at local farmers markets from the perspective of customers and community members. So, what's your name again, sir? James. Awesome, James. Mm -hmm. So, what does this market add to the community? A lot of diversity, a lot of uh, resources, because you got farmers coming from all over bringing their produce, and it gives a, a selection, options to the neighborhood as far as eating healthier and all like that. Yeah, so I think it's a very good plus, and it's right here in Hyde Park, where Hyde Park and Woodlawn both connect, you know. Get to the north side, park to the south is Woodlawn, and this is like right in the middle. It's good. I like that bicycle shop they have there too. They've been there a long time. They fix a lot of my bikes, and they give the kids a bike. They let kids work there after school, and they teach them how to work on bikes. And um, after they work there so long, they'll give them a bike. That's beautiful. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's Experimental Station, does that? Yeah. Correct? Experimental yeah. Station. Yeah. That's so I've awesome. been following them for a while. What does this market add to the community? I mean, for, for me, this market, these summer markets are the community. I come in, I, I love seeing, I love seeing my neighbors, you know, broadly defined here. And it's 
just and food food is just it's, it's food and thinking about where your food comes from and, and this beautiful fresh stuff it's it's so fundamental to uh, my sense of well-being i i think um when i think for me when i think of what it living well in chicago means a lot of it has to do with the ability to come and and be with people and and have access to this this fresh produce in the summer awesome thank you so much to get more curate curiosity follow us on instagram and subscribe at apple podcast or google podcast you can find more information about the sponsors for this episode in the drop-down description on the episode page. I'm Dietrich Hunter, and this is Curate Curiosity.